I wanted to be invigorated and interesting and interested. And I think if you are interesting, more people will find you interesting. But if you're interested in things, you're going to become more interesting. Well, because you may choose things that aren't accepted by the majority or other people. And you're not always going to be liked by everybody. You really, really need to listen to yourself and understand what's important to you. Are you feeling stuck, lost, tired, or uninspired? We've all been there, including myself. I'm Coach Des, mindset motivator and lifestyle entrepreneur. I'm here to tell you that the best, unapologetic, and limitless version of yourself is yet to come. The Born Unbreakable podcast is here to inspire just that. With motivating guests from all different walks of life and around the world, their stories will empower you to unlock abundance and your unbreakable spirit. Do you need accountability? Reach out to me for a free consultation of how I can support you in reaching your maximum potential. Welcome to the Born Unbreakable podcast. I have had the best time connecting with the guest that I have for you today, and it has made me more excited for her to tell her story. Today, I have Pamela Katz with me, and I was so attracted to her story. So I have to say, first of all, Pamela reached out to me about coming on the show to tell her story, and simultaneously, her wonderful husband also reached out. He learned about me because I attended the Summit of Greatness, which you all have heard me talk about, I know, at nauseum probably at this point on my show, because it was such a tremendous experience with Lewis Howes and all the people that attended. And I just thought, how serendipitous is that? Yeah. That you probably didn't even know that he was reaching out. And obviously, it's because he believes in your brand, your business, everything you're doing. But Pamela is really special because she like many people I've had on the show, has been in corporate America, actually has an advertising and marketing background. But interestingly, after 60, decided really to engage in her entrepreneurial spirit and founded your CBD haven. And I'll let her explain all the things that that is. But I, I love it because we talked about this stigma that is sometimes out there about the the appropriate time when you should do things. And I don't think that's just in business, but we have it on everything. You should find a partner, get committed, show everybody that you, you've gotten into some kind of commitment, start a family, have a certain type of career, become an entrepreneur. I mean, there's all these things that society dictates to us that is a standard or a norm that you're supposed to strive toward. Yep. And I'm a big believer because my message is to be unapologetically mm -hmm. you, that we all are unique individuals and that it doesn't make one person's timing is not going to match another person's timing. It doesn't Absolutely. even philosophy doesn't make any sense. And Pam, I just love it because you can be here to break that down even further. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Well, thank you, Coach Des, for having me on the show again. I really appreciate it. And what you just said about timelines and timing, I, you know, people who know me would be like, oh my God, Pam, she just says 
she just said exactly what you've been saying your whole life. I didn't get married till I was three months before I was 40. Okay? You're supposed to be married by the time you're 30. You're supposed to do this. You're supposed to, just like what you said, by a certain time. And I totally agree. Your timing is what is the right time for you. And I think a, a lot of the problems that I see that other people have is that they get very influenced by society. So they do things that are not necessarily what they want but they know what's expected of them or, you know, um, in terms of what, you know, what society expects. And then they regret it. And um, whether, you know, there's no such thing as the perfect time for anything except for what's right for you. And, um, And I think that that includes, you know, really understanding what's important to you and what you want your life to look like, you know, down the road and today and so forth, and what are those things that are important? And that's not always easy because maybe some things that you want are not necessarily what the norm is or what society expects. And, you know, what I think it takes some confidence um, or just, you know, a, an ability to, to be like, well, all right who cares i mean at the end of the day i've only got my life to live um and 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 the time clock dwindles every day every day like any additional time is added right right exactly exactly reality and so therefore we every day that goes by is another day that you may not be living exactly the life that you want right and that's where we we have to take control and choose the path that is right for us. And you know, part of this, this thing that I'm realizing, and I'm, I'm writing a book right now, and, and mm-hmm. one of the, the core premises of it is radical self-awareness. Because until you do that, yes. until you get connected with yourself and what you truly desire, you're going to be, you're, you're not gonna see the limitations that you create in order to get past them. Right, that's absolutely you know? correct. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree, yeah. And sometimes I think that there is a reason why, like maybe adolescence, and I'm not gonna go into major psychology, but you know, it's so tough sometimes because it, it, you're trying to determine who am I, what am I, what do I wanna stand for, what, am, what personality do I wanna have, what, how do I wanna come across? And that can be very frightening and depressing. Let's face it. Well, and you but want, I think and there's you, a value to that to, because then you're I, having to force looking at yourself. Yes people ultimately want to be accepted mm-hmm. you want you want to feel right. accepted who you are and that's why there is such an aspect of identity formation that we spend so much time contemplating right. and or at our, right. our younger age because you're well what circle am i going to be in am i you know and and labels can you know debilitate us right. because you're Figuring out which circle are you in? Is it the is it the popular kids? Is it the smart kids? Is it the you know yeah. whatever? And and then that influences every single thing that comes from there, whether you recognize consciously that process or not. Right. It's a, it's you know there's so much of our subconscious that controls the decision making we have because it comes from childhood. 
right? It comes from the decisions that have been made in the past, our family history, all those influences. And until you really learn to be present, you can't, you can't, you can't really move forward in, in consciousness. So I have to ask you about your story. Okay. Talk about your story and how you got to where you are right now. Okay. And, um, one of my, uh, characteristics about me is um, I try to be brief (laughs) as much as possible but I'm not always successful but um, my story starts with I always wanted to go into advertising okay when I was well growing up and um, went into that field and it was a great you know great career for me Um, worked in ad agencies and then I ended up working on the client side and various marketing departments and so forth and then my last corporate job was um, for a big company and worked in pain management. So I did marketing communications. My company was a medical device, is a medical device company, and, um, and they developed uh, procedure and um, equipment and so forth for pain management, for physicians to help manage pain, um, chronic pain, like musculoskeletal pain, osteoarthritis, things like that, back pain, spinal pain. Anyway, and it provided a great relief. Well, part of my job is marketing communications. I did a lot of research on people with chronic pain. And it was such an eye-opener of the amount of people, 100 million million Americans suffer from chronic pain. And, And not just, you know, you know, occasional pain but severe pain to where it's you know has major psychological impact major impact on their careers and their families and so forth so this is a little bit of background and um of my story and so you know I worked with in that for you know seven or eight years so I was very well aware and then of course along came the opioid crisis okay um, and, and then there was a stigma of these people on opioids. It's like, wait a minute, these are ordinary citizens, ordinary people like you and me who have pain and, um, you know, they're physicians, you know, a lot of pain patients that you don't show the pain. So a lot of doctors, not all, of course, would tell people, you know, you just have to live with it. And, or then they would prescribe or they would, uh, refer them to another doctor and they would pr- prescribe opioids and then they'd become addicted because opioids were never created for chronic long-term pain. They were created for surgical, post-surgical pain, um, but not long-term pain. But then people would get addicted and, of course, we all know what's been going on with that. So that's, you know, been, that's part of that background. Very tragic. Um, but about three years ago, in April 2019, I was running on a treadmill and I fell off and um, I sprained my ankle and it ballooned up within about five minutes. Well, I've had that same issue with that same ankle twice before and I thought, oh man, I have to have the walking boot. Um, I'm going to be putting that walking boot for 12 to 14 weeks, which happened. And then my husband, my thoughtful husband, had been looking at CBD um, just as an investment. The 2018 Farm Bill had just passed. So he had gone to a trade show here in Atlanta um, just to learn about it, not to, 
you know, start our own business or anything like that. But just to, to learn, is there something, you know, he can learn about to invest? Didn't want to be a farmer or anything like that. But he came home with a sample, a cream sample, a pain cream. And I knew nothing about CBD, nothing. I thought, you know, oh, yeah, sure. He said, well, why don't you put it on your ankle and see what happens? So I did. And um, long story short, I was back on the treadmill running in two weeks, and which was incredible because, again, I'd had that same issue with that ankle, and it took me 12 to 14 weeks to even get healed, much less running back on a treadmill. And um, I was like, wow, okay, well, maybe there's something to this. At the same time, my company was bought and sold twice in four years. So you can imagine the cultural changes, different boss. My department went from 20 people to three people. A lot of stress, a lot of stress and anxiety. And I'm a high, um, you know, high energy person to begin with. But I heard, you know, CBD could help with that. So I started taking it for stress, and it made a major difference, not in making me foggy, but it helped me in the reactions to the triggers. So then I wanted to learn about it. So then I went to a couple of trade shows um, about CBD because I wanted to know how does this work for stress and for pain. And so then when I learned about it and learned the science of it, because I'm, you know, I'm a skeptic at heart, and um, so... The more I learned about it, the more I learned the science behind it and how it worked with our bodies, and the more it made sense to me, and I heard other stories. And when I say I hear other, heard other stories, it was from physicians who put their careers and their professional careers on the line because back in 2018, 2019, it wasn't popular for a doctor to support uh, you know, CBD or cannabis. And um, so I remember walking on a trade show floor when I was, because I would go to all the educational sessions, um, I was like, holy, <laughs> people need to know about this because yeah. if it significantly reduces pain, which it did with me and with other people, and also help with stress and anxiety, um, it, people need to know about this. I'm, I'm thinking about the opioid crisis, right? And oh, yeah. so, and the 100 million Americans from, you know, suffering from chronic pain, I'm like, why don't people know about this? And so my husband was like, well, why don't you do something about it? Why don't you open a store? And I'm like, okay. So, <laughs> so this is in August of 2019. I was still had my job and I came back. Um, it was, this is in Miami and I came back and um, I started looking for space. I knew nothing nothing about retail I worked at pennies when I was in college for one summer but other than that I knew nothing about retail and um but I started look I started looking for space and it's very different than looking for a house but anyway started doing the, everything I, I didn't even know where to start like what's the first thing oh business license what's a business license you know all how do you these, get? How do you yeah. get? You know, what do, what's the first thing? And then, much less finding, you know, space. And then, how do I find product? And and my husband's like, well, you got to have an inventory system and a POS. Yeah. So all these things. Yeah, I was overwhelmed. Of course, I was taking my CBD. Yeah, overwhelmed. But <laughs> and, but my goal was to open it up within January, and I was still working. But I st I started to work. I couldn't tell anybody. 
Um, so that was in August. I opened the store on January 22nd, 2020. So that are you kidding? No. You really you were committed because you were like, oh, yeah. it's January. That's what I'm going to do. I don't actually know what I'm doing. Yeah, I have no. OK, you know when I want it to happen. Earth to coach Des. I still don't know what I'm doing at the time. <laughs> That's awesome. Two days after my birthday, by the way. So that's probably why I was elected. Oh, guy. well, that, actually, the funny thing is it was my wedding anniversary, which I didn't even think of until two days before. I was like, oh, I got to get ready for opening the store. And I'm like, wait a minute. That's also my wedding anniversary. So, which is telling. But um, but anyway, so I we opened on January 22nd. I opened on 22nd. And I actually came, had, was getting the store ready the night before, and a customer came in. And he was like, yeah, I'm looking for something. I was like, you know, and the inside, I'm like, hold on, do I even, know, like, do, do I even know how to use a cash <laughs> register? <Yeah>. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, hold on. Oh, can you wait? Yeah, I mean, because I had to hire people. And, anyway, so, but, but I have to say, uh, you know, as stressful as it was, I was having a ball because it was fun, it was fun because I was yeah. like, oh, my God, I'm starting a business. And what I didn't realize and is that I loved meeting other people because I was meeting other people. I was meeting contractors and, you know, and all kinds of people that that. You know, even just the, you know, city of Roswell, because my store is in Roswell, Georgia, and city of Roswell. So I was meeting all these people that I would have never met in my previous life. You know, other entrepreneurs. I met um, some people that helped build out my store. Okay, I, I uh, met somebody who helped, who built, not helped, but built my um, cash station, my, basically my, the whole, you know, where you check out. Um, and I also found all my furniture on next door and, you know, secondhand. And, um, so, you know, figuring it out and all that sort of thing, you know, as stressful as it was, it was still incredibly invigorating, um, because I was doing something new and, and out, I've never been afraid of being outside of my comfort zone. I, one thing I've learned my whole life, I've, I've moved three times in my life. And every single time I've moved, I didn't have a job. I didn't know one person in the city that I moved to. Um, and I didn't even have a place to live. But one thing I've learned is that if you don't enjoy the process, then mm -hmm. it's why are you doing it? So um, so at the same time, I was tearing my hair out. But I love that. I learned that about myself in high school, actually, that I love, I love running around and being kind of crazy and figuring stuff out. <laughs> Yeah, you love that that pressure. I of love the that. I love that. I love that. I love the running around and like, and um, and so it's very, it's just very invigorating. Um, so anyway, so during that time, I anyway I opened up and um, and it was so exciting and I felt so good. There's nothing, nobody can give you that feeling of accomplishment. Nobody can. You have to do it. And, um, and then you have, it's, I think it's how you, how you look at it. Like, yeah, there's going to be problems and yeah, there's going to be issues, but I'm doing it anyway. And so, um, I documented that 
the whole time. I w- oh, I documented everything. I documented looking for space. I documented, you know, going to get my business license at the city of Roswell. And um, I d- did videos on everything and pictures because I knew that I knew my journey. I called it my second act. I still call it that. I knew it would be important one day for other women. 29% of the population are baby boomers. I'm a baby boomer. And then 29%. And so there's still a lot of us out there. So I knew that it would be maybe inspirational or maybe I could meet other women who are doing the same thing, which, by the way, I have. I've met a lot of other women who are doing the same thing, of starting their own thing. And we're all in the same, like, boat, you know, um, calm on the outside and freaking out on the inside. <laughs> it's fantastic. And... Um, but uh, so opened up in January and, oh, nothing happened two months later, like COVID. Um, but people would be like, oh, you poor thing. You know, you got COVID right after you opened your store. And I'm like, hey, it's part of my story. And here I am two and a half years later. It's part of my story. So, you know, uh, COVID happened. And um, after a month, you know, two months after I opened. So I closed for a month. But I was still here. By then, I had met, had some customers, and I told them, I'm still here if you need me, which they did. Um, some people were like, if I don't get out of my house, I'm going to kill my husband and kids. So, um, but it was, yeah, it was uh, amazing. So I looked at it as an opportunity that even though I just opened my business and started my business, here was a time, the whole world, we're always saying, oh, I wish the world would stop so I could get off for a little while. That was that time that we were able to get off for a little while. So I looked at it as like, okay, here I am. Things have been crazy the past eight, nine months. So here I am. I'm just going to be able to use this opportunity to create marketing plans. And even though they'll be different than what I originally planned, um, I use that opportunity to, to really get to know my business and really get to make plans instead of just feeling crazed like I had been the past eight months there's you know i'm listening to you talk and i i am i am beyond blown away because (laughs) two things that come to my mind um you know one is your attitude and two is your curiosity because when you have that you're not so fo- much focused on what you don't know. You're focused on how to find out. Yeah, how to find out the next thing. Yeah. yeah. And I think <laughs> if we all uh, channeled that energy, you know, it, it could produce so much more than we, we anticipate. Because, you know, you five months between August and January to go into something you had no clue how to do. <laughs> it's retail, like you've just mentioned, you were in a completely different business. You had to learn the business. You had to find the space. You had to find the contractors. And then on top of that, you're in a pandemic. <laughs> and most people would go, you know what? Can't have a brick and mortar, too difficult. I need humans to come and buy things, but you didn't do that. You used it as a time to go, let me figure out more strategy, mm-hmm. figure out more marketing, which that actually helped. That was an advantage mm-hmm. <laughs> because yep. you had, yep. but you didn't let it stop you. You, you yeah. marinated on it so that you could persevere into the next chapter. Well, I think when you start a business, well, 
I can't talk for everybody, but at least for me, I think you have to set proper expectations. I didn't expect, I didn't know what my first year would be about, you know, um, so at all. And so I, I, I wasn't freaking out because I wasn't working with rent money, if that makes any sense. Uh, you know, I was, you know, even though I kind of decided on the spur of the moment, literally, to open my own store, you know, things have been, pl- I, you know, planned for years. I mean, I never planned that I'd open my own, start my own business. But frankly, I've, you know, financially been, you know, responsible and so forth. So I didn't panic. Um, and so that is one advantage I had or did or created for myself. And so, um, so using that, you know, as a, a an ability for me to be able to do something that I I never realized how much I wanted to do it until I did it. Um, that really helps. Um, I think it's. I guess that's one advantage of a 22-year-old versus a 60-year-old is that when you're 22, you ain't got much to lose, you know. Um, And at my age, I did, but at the same time, I also had all those years to plan or save and invest and all that. I'm talking about the financial part. Um, So if you want to go out there and start your own thing, then, you know, because one of the things people ask me, and I don't know if they ask you, but like, how, you know, I'd like to do my own thing, but how do you afford it? You know, um, I, how do you take the risk? And, you know, I, I need insurance and all that sort of thing. So um, I think that, you know, if you want to have, if you have a dream, you can still start planning it now, even if you know you're not going to execute it today. Mm-hmm. Um, so by the time I executed, which a dream that I didn't even know I had, everything had come together um so it's so I wasn't in a panic and I was able to actually I mean yeah frustrated of course but able to sit back and go okay this is the deal there's a pandemic now this obviously this isn't what I planned um but I'm just going to have to use this as an opportunity to do other things I mean in terms of planning and and pivoting so to speak and uh because I won't get it back. I won't get this time back um, once yeah. things get back. So precious, right? Time is such a pressure. It's the most precious commodity on the planet. Yep. Right? Yep. Because the fact that, you know, you, you can't get it back, so you have to make the smart choices yes. every day. And enjoy it as much as you can. I mean, what's the point of not enjoying it? What is the point of not enjoying it? So. Yeah. That, I mean, that's that's it's so amazing that you were able to, again, take that attitude um, because it's obviously it served you. So, and I, you know, I, I wrote a blog about this because I've been consistently inspired about this notion of the importance of playing the long game. Yeah. Meaning, you know, just like you said, even if you don't exactly know what that thing is that you want to invest in, but you know, it's important to you right. to take the reins of your life and do something for yourself starting today right. even if it meant it was three to five years from now that this seed was going to grow into something right. that you could water right. and then grow into something even bigger you know that that's part of the journey yes the planning the preparation the strategy the effort 
Yes. And I, I, yeah, I can't stress that enough because somehow there's there there there's a perception sometimes that oh well you know successful people they just like you said oh well they just because they had the money well they had to save the money yeah they had to figure out how they were going to do the money even yep. if they had to borrow the money right. or whatever it was right be. yeah there's right. always a plan you know and there's the, there's and there's always a way to do it again it may not happen today but the thing is if you've got something that you know even if it means that i'm not happy with my situation right now Okay, I know I'm not happy, but I don't know exactly what I want to do, but that that's okay. I mean, listen to the fact that you're not happy. So, uh, because that means that there's something else better for me. Maybe I don't know what it is, but let me go ahead and start paying attention to the things that excite me, interest me, um, and then anything's going to take money <laughs> so let me start saving maybe a little bit and start you know kind of putting some things away start maybe even reading some articles about things you know look for inspiration and then and then one day it's going to happen and then you'll be like wow i'm ready for it because it's, it's so and well and that's what you're talking about mm -hmm. and see i think it's feeling alive yeah. that gets us excited. Yes. It's when there's the monotony, the routine, the predictable, the boredom. That's when people get antsy, right. go stir crazy, just like, uh, it's just another day. Don't feel Here challenged, right. No challenge. And while I think there's part of that is like, okay, well, you could sort of coast. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's not, it's not fulfilling. There's, there's not excitement in that. And, and until you figure out what that invigoration looks like, then you're, you are kind of feeling a little dead inside. Right, right. Absolutely. But at the same time, look at why you're feeling dead and uh, on board or this isn't what I thought it would be or, or whatever it is, you can still use that as an opportunity in my mind as an opportunity mm -hmm. to say, okay, well then that means I don't want to ignore it because that means that I'm not in the right place. Doesn't mean I can do anything about it maybe today, but mm -hmm. it means that I need to start paying attention to the things that, that are, I need to find out what my why is. Okay. Yes. And so, um, instead of instead of you know wallowing in it you got to find out okay well then what is going to make me feel fulfilled or challenged or happy and there's a lot of things that people can do to find out what are the kinds of things it doesn't even necessarily mean in a huge thing but what are the kind of things like i said earlier when i was in high school this is a major i had two two milestones um two keystone moments in my teenage years when I realized some things which I feel very lucky that I paid attention to those one was that I love being running around I love being running around and being part of the you know behind the scenes or in front of the scenes or whatever I love being super busy I love that okay I love physically I love having too, too many things on my plate okay when not like that, I'm bored and I get depressed. Mm -hmm. uh, number two is I wanted my life to 
I wanted my life to be a life that was interesting. And what that meant was I wanted a life that I wasn't looking for everything to be perfect or anything like that, but I wanted it to be something that I found interesting to live. I wanted to meet interesting people. I wanted to go to interesting places. I wanted to have an interesting career. I wanted to be invigorated and interesting and interested. And I think if you are interesting, more people will find you interesting. But if you're interested in things, you're going to become more interesting. So um, that was, those were two big things. So those, those things that I learned at 17 and 16 have guided me along the way. So, and helped me get over obstacles of like, well, I'm supposed to be married by here. Are you supposed to have this or that? It's like, wait a minute, time out. Do I find my life interesting? Is that my career interesting? You know, yes. Okay, well, that's more important than what society tells me I'm supposed to do. I never had children. I didn't want them. Okay, so me too. Uh, and and people, you know, uh, you know, society I think expects you to want. And, and I have to say, and I'm ha- I'm happy. You know, you're you're bringing up these things yeah. that are breaking the 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 stick the these stigmas and right. norms whatever right. you want to call right. them because you know <clears throat> I have often felt um, personally and I feel like that is why there is such a connectivity to you is like I've always felt like the different one yeah. if, if that makes sense. yeah it totally makes sense <laughs> me <laughs> coloring outside the lines mm-hmm. yeah because fun yeah and i like being that person that just you know does things a little different yeah because it's just you know it, it fits yep and that's who you are but you're not doing it because you wanted to be different you're doing it because that's who you are you know and i you know i i love that because it's like that's how you're going to be happy and um is that you've got to pay attention and have the courage I've always felt courage is a very underrated um, attribute. You got to have courage to to be able to be happy with your choices if that's what's important to you. Because that may sound like why would it take courage? Well, because you may choose things that aren't accepted by the majority or other people, and you're not always going to be liked by everybody. Um, I was fortunate. I was never raised to, you know, I was raised to be independent and to um, find your, you know, be yourself and um, pursue the things and be the things that are that are important to me as an individual. So I never felt pressure to be popular or anything like that by my parents. Of course, I did by my peers. But um, but I feel very fortunate in that. Um, And so I feel that, um, you know, if you pursue what you love and what you, that's important to you, your lifestyle, everything, then it's going to be okay. And I, God, you know, I thank God we didn't have social media when I was a teenager. I thank God. Gosh, it is so, I don't know. Uh, I, Today I, is- so much yeah 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 so but you know I feel like you know even though I feel like I'd I'd love to mentor teen girls um because I yeah there's so many things I want to tell them but I don't think they're being told 
No. I don't think they're being told. I think that a lot of parents live vicariously through their teenage girls, daughters. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and I think that um, they're not being instilled in them the, the importance of their own independent, you know, strength and finding nice. their, finding their yes. Finding their own way. Finding yeah. their own way, their own personality, embracing that, you know, embracing their quirkiness or embracing their sh- yeah, whatever, you know, their their yeah. individualism, you know, yeah. and where everything's wanting to be the same. And I'm like, no, no, what makes you, what makes you interesting? What gives you your ripples? I call people who have ripples or people who they may seem a certain way, but man, you get to know them. There's so much more there. I love people with ripples. <laughs> so and that's you know and that's why they say you know don't judge a book by its cover oh, because yeah. there's so many assumptions i think people make about a person based on what they see and they haven't taken the time to understand what's on the inside right. which is the most important part right. of who a person is. right right you know i have to ask because it has been well now you know close to three years yeah. yes since you started the business mm-hmm. you had that period where you were like okay mm-hmm yeah, people buy things when they come into the store, you know, I'm curious now that we're in a, I don't know, you might say hybrid world mm-hmm. where not that the pandemic isn't real or important. Right, right. I think we figured out some systems to manage it differently. Right. You know, where, where are you today with your business? Well, uh, the good thing is uh, it's been, the business has been every more than I ever dreamed. Okay not even just from a business standpoint, but for me personally, I never realized, and people will think this is corny, I never realized how much I love helping people. And my thing, when I open the stores, I want, I need to educate people on this. There's so much of a stigma attached to CBD, especially with people, frankly, my age, uh, my generation. And so, and even young people, you know, and so my thing, my mission was to educate people because it really, really, really helps people. And, um, and so that, the fact that I've been able to help people, I never want people to be intimidated when they come in my store. No, people walk in my store, I salute them because the 99% of them have no idea what CBD is. But they're in pain. They're every single person that comes to my store is in pain, whether it's emotional pain or physical pain, insomnia, they have cancer, um, it, and or they're going some, through some sort of treatment. I have recovering addicts. I've got, I've got, um, you know, I have got the range of people. You know, marketing one-on-one is you're supposed to segment your target audience. Not everybody can be your audience. Well this this it it you're it's a little different it's it's it's, uh, different i mean everybody i mean so i've got i can't even pinpoint my demographics of my target audiences because i've got older people younger people and but again everybody comes in they have some sort of emotional pain the biggest um the biggest compliment i get is that when people walk in they feel comfortable i'm not like a smoke shop or a vape shop or anything like that and people feel very comfortable, which is my goal. I want them to feel comfortable so I can talk to them and ask them questions because I don't sell product. In fact, I don't even push product until we talk. Um, I ask them a lot of questions about their issues and they, op- they open up. And so we get on a program and it's not a one-stop, 
you know, solution. It's not a magic pill or anything like that, but it, CBD, and I talk about the science. If they want to know the science, I became a certified CBD consultant because I wanted to learn as much as I could um, mm-hmm. to help people. So through the past three years, I've helped, I mean, over 2,500 people and people who have come in and said that we've changed their lives um, in terms of especially like, you know, recovering addicts and so forth, where they need something to help them manage the things that trigger them to get to, you know, reach for alcohol or drugs. And, mm-hmm. and so we've been able to sit down with them and, and put them on a, and put them on a protocol and a program to where they've gotten their lives back. I cannot tell you how many times I'm in tears more than my customers are in tears. So when you ask about how my business is, financially, we're doing fine, we're doing great, but more important to me is the help that we've been able to give people and how much, I mean, I, you know, this is cliche, but I feel more selfish because I get more out of it than even I think they do. Because they come in, they're like, oh, my God, you have no idea. I haven't been able to sleep or I haven't, you know, I've, I've, I've been on Zoloft and now I'm not on it anymore. Not that I would ever well, I recommend mean, that. But um, this is, you know, what you're doing is life changing. It's, it's been life changing. Right. It's you know, when, you, when you think about pain and, then, and this is why it's so ubiquitous mm-hmm. is because even if you are, let's say, a young, healthy person. If you have an injury, that's not something you anticipate right, or expect. Right. Then you know, all of a sudden, here we go. You're on this roller coaster ride with pain, and the thing about it, and I could probably talk about this for way longer than is we should today. But um, you know, everything that you described with this opioid crisis, and we've seen it just be the demise of so many people out there in the world. You know, there's there's all these products and it gets reinvented and concocted yeah. into another thing, whether you go from, you know, oxy to morphine to fentanyl and it's, you right, know, right. potency it and right. kills people and all this stuff is, it, it, like you said, it's this addiction. When you can take somebody's situation and help them to not be addicted to something that could kill them. And there's evidence and statistics and data for years that we've seen yep. that show this. This is hard proof that this this type of thing kills. And then you you offer a solution that gives people back mental clarity yes. and you know mobility, better you know range of motion right, or whatever right, it is. That right, muscle recovery. Right, but all of the things. Yeah, and out and that and less pain and even. Even bigger than that is, uh, I would say, 80% of the people that come in my store are suffering from stress and anxiety, depression, PTSD, um, and it's made such a difference in their lives, and it may, it makes mine too. I mean, I use, you know, I take CBD um, for stress, and, um, and it's the difference it's made in people that... It, but it's frustrating because at the same time, because there's a lot of shysters out there. So, um, mm. yeah. And so it's, it takes a lot of education and it takes a commitment on the customer's part because it's not something you take, you start taking once and everything's is, is gone. Right. It takes yeah. a little bit of a while. There's a little bit of a coaching and, and it's, it's really more of a consultative. It's definitely more of a consultative sale than a transactional sale. 
Um, I have a website and I sell products online, but I don't expect, I very seldom sell much because it really takes somebody to sit down and talk to them about a lot of their issues to really be able to help them. Um, and that's where I get frustrated because this industry, the cannabis industry, we're shooting ourselves in the foot in a lot of ways because a lot of people get into the business to make a quick buck um, and they're not helping people. And so then people will come in my store and go, yeah, I tried it before, but it didn't work. I'm like, well, um, what brand did you use? Where'd you get it? Oh, got it at a gas station or got it at a grocery store or I tried it once or got it on Amazon. You know, that, that is one thing I wonder about the cannabis industry because it's, it is a thing. Mm -hmm. It is everywhere and all the places. Yeah. I, I live in Las Vegas, Nevada, and I mm -hmm. can't even go. It is like the events that they have yes. for everything related to cannabis is, is just big and large and yep. in charge. Right, right. And, and you're absolutely right about people very much look to this as an industry to make money. Yep. And they do. Yep. And they make yep. a lot of it. Right. And I think why they stick with it. But when it comes to, I mean, it's just like any other thing that's out there that came along years before cannabis did. There's always competition. There's always some kind of education you have to do as a consumer right. to figure out what's quality, what's not. Right. We see right. In the fashion industry, the beauty industry. Yep. And, and there's shysters everywhere. There's always going to be stuff out there that is not what you, you should be, you know, Taking. messing around right. with. And I think I, the, the reason it's so important in this topic to be have your due diligence is it is because it is related to your health right 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 okay? and anything that you consume or put in your body you you don't you don't want it to either have a detrimental effect or not do what it's supposed to right. because it doesn't right. have that right. actual right. quality of stuff in there that is helping you right. with the issue that you're right. facing right 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 Right. And so that's why the education part is important, especially, again, especially for people in my baby boomers. I mean, um, the, my generation, believe it or not, I don't know why, but eh, my generation has the big stigma. They're like, oh, no, it's going to make me high. And it's marijuana. I'm like, no, it's not marijuana. It's not going to make you high. Um, but, you know, but but they'll, but they'll take opioids. But... <laughs> Um, right. But but my but the industry also doesn't do a favor when all they do is a lot of times they promote CBD is is making you high and it doesn't. So um, but so I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission to teach the world <laughs> not to sing, but I'm on a mission to teach the world about the value of CBD cannabis and how it can help your health, not just get you high because. I have no problem with that, but that's a mask. It doesn't manage THC, you know, is the cannabinoid that makes you high. It's a molecule that makes you high. CBD is a different one. It does not. Um, and there's other ones too, but all together work great to help people manage their stress, not just escape it or manage their pain, not just be numb to it. Um, so, but it's, you know, it's not an easy thing, um, but, I'm doing it one customer at a time. Yeah, so, one customer at a time. What would you say? Because like there could be somebody listening right now in that exact position. Mm -hmm. Regardless of what someone's age is, they, they could have a perception. Oh, which yeah, is a lot. Mm -hmm. We all often have perceptions about things that we don't 
quite understand. Right. It's very easy to do because you're operating off of limited information. Right. So the person that is skeptical, that is maybe thinking some of the things that you've just pointed out, yep. like, oh, that's a drug, it's bad, mm -hmm. it's going to make you high, mm -hmm. it's, you know, that's why it's, we're figuring out, like, should it really be legal? Right. And, you know, right. all kinds right. of things, right? right. It's a very complicated thing sometimes when there's, you know, you, something is legal in some places, illegal in other places. I mean, you see like um, on the news when someone gets caught traveling with something and then all of a sudden they, you know, can't get to the next place because right. it's illegal right. from this place right. to that place. Right. So what would you say is a first step in education that would at least begin to provide people with insights that can inform the decisions that they would make next? Right. Well, obviously, they can get in touch with me, uh, and I do free I do free consultations. And I, like I mentioned, I do not push products. Um, I don't talk about products. Um, if somebody has an issue, and I, I, you know, I will sit down. I'll have a Zoom call. I'll get in touch with them in person if they want to. If they're local, and we'll talk about the science. We'll talk about their issue. We'll talk about what issue they're dealing with, um, how it works with their body, and and then what I also set expectations um, because it's not a panacea. It's not a magic bullet. There's also other things you have to do to your, with your health. You can't expect something to compensate for other bad habits. You know, um, it's a whole it's a whole it's thing. A whole, it's, a, it's one tool in your toolbox. OK, yeah. It's, and it is it is interesting because I think one thing we we have to take accountability for the way we live our lives yes. holistically, yes. Yes. not just in this one lane. And we right. all, if you're listening, you know exactly what it is that you do. That's could, you could call it a vice or you could call it that thing that you do a little bit too much of, yep. or that yep. right. Shit, right. whether it's sweet tooth or it's alcohol or it's sleep deprivation or right. it's just, some, right. you know, and I know those things for me, like for me, it's sleep. I don't do as much of it as I should. I know it. I try to manage it, but it's, it, you know, our, our issues tend to be our issues for yep, a little while. Yep. You probably have that. FOMO. Yeah. So, yeah. It, 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 <laughs> all this stuff, because as an entrepreneur yeah. and just a person that, you know, I do kind of like you like to play in different sandboxes. Mm -hmm. And then I find myself having to create boundaries and do all this other stuff. Right, but my right. point is that we all have things that we're working on. And there never is any silver bullet to whether, you know, somebody, no matter what it is, if you think it's just therapy is going to solve all problems right. or medicine is going to solve all problems, or there's not a thing that solves all problems. Right. right. It all comes back to you and how you see yourself and the things that you're doing to work on your whole self. And that's why there is mind, there is body, there is spirit. Right. Right. All take a multitude of things to to enhance and and you know propel into the the next best version of what you can be right. as you work on on these different dimensions right of right life but it but it's not a one one deal a thing absolutely and i tell people that i tell people okay once you start taking it it's not like the world's going to be I, setting expectations is so important i'm like it's not like the world's going to become lollipops and rainbows okay but what it does is it helps you manage your reaction to the stressors in life. And so your reaction is what makes you stressed out. It's not all those other things because those things ain't going to change. 
And yeah. so, but problems when right, you wake up right <laughs> exactly and sometimes we create our own but regardless it's helping you manage your reaction so if you ever think of people and i've had role models in my life that you know people are like cool under pressure they don't freak out i mean they still may feel the pressure but they don't freak out that's a role model to me somebody who handles things and manages yeah. and doesn't panic and doesn't and so and I'll ask somebody, do you know somebody who, and these are people that are coming in because they have major anxiety, ADHD and, and all that. And I'll, and I'll tell them, okay, it's not going to make the world, again, lollipops and rainbows. But if, if you can manage your reaction to things, do you think you feel better? And they're like, oh, yeah, if I could not just freak out over everything or be fine, but then the one thing freaks me out, that would be a big win. And what happens is, is that they start and then on it, on CBD, and um, they'll, and I'll tell them, it's not like you wake up tomorrow and eh, everything's great. It, you'll notice that when things happen that would have maybe two weeks ago triggered you, and you're finding that it doesn't trigger me. You're not apathetic or lethargic or in a fog or anything. You just realize, wait a minute, I can deal with that. That's okay. That's another, you know, freaky thing. Oh, well. Let me just deal with it instead of focusing on it and getting obsessed with it and not being able to move on from it. That's, you know, that's setting expectations into where people are like, yeah, I, I really noticed that I'm managing, yeah. I'm managing my emotions better. Am I I'm managing my reaction better, which then makes me feel better about myself? Yeah. Well, and it's, you know, it, it's mindset. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But yes. We're, we're having a conversation earlier about the difference of when you look at something and you either see obstacles or you see opportunity. Yes, yeah. And they're, right. they're two, two completely different focuses. An obstacle is this thing that you're just staring at because you have to go over it, under it, around it, break through it somehow. Opportunity is the how. Right. Is okay. Right. Instead of staring at this thing that's in your way, let's figure out the yeah. strategy. Yeah. What are you going to do yeah. about it? And you're always one action away from the place that you want to be. But we get in our own way. That's what we do. We're human. Mm -hmm. And that is right. just the nature right. of being right. Human. Oh, yeah. We yes. are our biggest obstacle. It's not this person. It's not your upbringing. And it's not your parents. And it's not because you've just been all this past that, you know, right. has been stowed upon just you in the world and it's not the president right. or the economy and all these things right, right. it's your ability to self-regulate self-manage yes. and figure out how to pursue things with confidence with courage with tenacity right. and you know that's really that's really what it's about and curiosity you said it earlier and curiosity yeah. okay here's it how, how am i going to do it how am i going to turn it on its head and maybe even have fun with it. And I, even I don't mean to trivialize that, but I mean, you have, it's how you look at it. Just like you said, it's your mindset. I love it. I love it. So I do, I want to ask you a couple of questions okay. that people get to know your view um, and get to know you. <laughs> and the first one is as a, you know, tribute to my show, because it's called Born Unbreakable, yes, yes. is Pamela, what makes you unbreakable? What makes me unbreakable is my faith in 
well, my faith. I have faith in God, okay? Mm-hmm. And also th- my friends and family, but also in myself. I've always, I've never had it easy growing up. Um, but I think I've been inspired by a lot of people over the years um, and learned a lot of lessons. And I think if you're always learning and keeping yourself curious and open and and I, I don't know how to not be those things to be honest and I think that that brings me joy and no matter how tough things are I I always have some go-to things to do um to help me overcome those those things um I'm a big fan of and people who listen to this or who know me or laugh their heads off when they hear this next statement but I'm, I'm a huge fan of Ben Franklin <laughs> and I'm kind of his biggest fan Um, my husband told me I asked him I said if for some reason he comes back into this um uh day could I go out to dinner with him and he's like yes yes you you can go out to dinner with Ben Franklin (laughs) um yeah you can have a date with Ben Franklin (laughs) but but if you ever read his autobiography or anything about him you'll understand I mean he's somebody who who absolutely did not have lots of anything going for him but overcame a lot of things but also curious and and resourceful and inventive and funny and didn't take himself too seriously I mean all those those are qualities that I admire in anybody and um and I I got very lucky in that you know I had a, a father who told me take your don't take yourself so seriously Take life yeah. and the work, but don't take yourself. So, but don't take, don't take yourself, yourself so seriously. Yes, that's beautiful. I love that. What is a self-limiting belief that you've had to overcome? Oh wow. Well, I always had. I've always had an inferiority complex. Okay. Mm. Um, and uh, I always. I mean, I went to therapy. Um, several different therapists, you know, and I'd be like, how do you gain self-confidence if you don't have confidence? And um, I don't think they, I, I don't think that you can have people tell you to be confident because that's what they'd say. Oh, you've got a lot of things going for you. You're smart, you know, and blah, blah, blah. But you have to find your own confidence by over, by achieving your, what you want. That's why I think it's so important to know what's important to you really dig down deep and think and contemplate in those days that maybe you feel sad and depressed and all that man use that as an opportunity to think about okay well what is it about me that I am not happy about and Mm -hmm. then what can I do what can I do to overcome those things and if they're important are they important enough to you that they're really stopping you, then damn it, then what do you need to do to overcome those things? Yeah. And it might be just one thing a day, just one minor Mm -hmm. little thing a day, you know? Um, But that's been, and then of course I'm very techno, I'm very bad at technology and I don't know if I'll ever get over that, but, um, but yeah, everybody. Pardon me? people around you that are good with things that you're not that good at yeah. and you'll be fine. yes yes <laughs> yeah or I, one thing again about being an entrepreneur i'm sure you're 
No, this you got to figure out everything. You can't, you know, you got to figure it out. Well, I'm a big fan of always doing everything yourself. Yes, yes. First, to understand. I mean, yes, eventually you're going to have to have a team and delegate. Yep. On because you, you know, you have to, you right. have to have leverage and all of that. But I am a big fan right. of doing things, you yourself. know, yourself. Yeah. And figure out what you're, what you're good at, what you're not good at, and figure out what supplements you need to make it all work. Right. But right. Yeah. Right. There's no way around it. You do have to put in the hard work. Yeah. There's no, no matter. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. People are like, Oh, but you're in control of your own hours. I'm like, yeah, I only work 90 hours a week. <laughs> but, um, yeah. In the morning when I'm doing, you know, yeah. Thing because I didn't get to it at a normal hour. Right. And whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, um, okay. What about, what about a superpower? What is something that you're really mm. good at that you're proud of? I, I am really good at, I'm an empath, I guess. I'm very, very intuitive. I'm very intuitive. And um, that, you know, that can serve you well or it can be a blessing or a curse. But I very much read people and understand people and empathetic. And um, and so that's helped me in this business, I know. Um, but it's helped me really like people because yeah. when you get to know somebody I find people very interesting and um there's always something to like about everybody um and so uh that's one thing and another thing is I I'm interested in every topic I can possibly read I'm a voracious reader and there's not much I'm an information junkie frankly so there's not much that I'm not interested in so I'm I'm really good at trivial pursuit <laughs> oh gosh you'll always get chosen as a first teammate yeah yeah I would be yeah <laughs> well, she's got the knowledge she's got the knowledge I know a little bit about a lot of things but I don't know a lot about anyway <laughs> I, I get it I get it I'm like you I'm a bit more of a generalist than you know yeah. anything but um What's something on your bucket list? That's a great question. Um, that's a great question. Uh, I, I've checked off a lot of things, but I would like to continue with this business and I'd like to open up so, at least one or two more locations. I only have one. And so I, my plan was to have three by the end of 2020, but that was derailed a little um but um i'd like to do that and of course i love to travel but you know right now this business is all that so uh one of the places i've always wanted to go to is indonesia and uh i used to go to singapore a lot from an old job i had and i never made it so to bali um, so that's a dream of mine. And, uh, so I think, I love it. and I, I maybe like to have my own podcast, but I don't know. You'll be my first guest if I do. <laughs> oh, yeah, that is so sweet. I would be honored, truly honored. Uh, and I, I'd be happy to help you figure, figure Ooh, that the out. Technology part. Ooh, great. <laughs> Not a scare, thankfully. Oh my gosh. Because otherwise I'd be on episode 
one and a half or something. <laughs> it, was hard, it was as hard as I thought it was when I first started. Um, but this, this, this question I, I, I'm really excited to ask you, which is if you had a piece of advice, a last piece of advice that you could give to anyone listening, what would that be? A piece of advice that I would love to give to everyone is you really, really need to listen to yourself and understand what's important to you and and identify any time that it's not things aren't working out for you. Understand why and what what's important to you because again like I said earlier I feel like there's so many people on a track that's not really what they want but it's an expectation so it's so important to be your individual self and value that and make the best of what you are you know and pursue your passions and pursue your passions and pursue your passions but you've got to know what those are first and not what somebody else's is that is that is i mean can you imagine you know for anyone listening if you if you actually took the time to write down what you're passionate about have you ever done that okay so i what you know what again another good thing about being my age is that when i was in my 20s or whatever back then we didn't have the internet, of course, to think about what you want to do for your career. We had this crazy book. You may have heard of it called What Color Is Your Parachute? That was really the only career-helping book for people to figure out what they wanted to do. And it was, a, it was a big, thick book, and it came with a big workbook. But, man, I, I would actually give that book to every young person I know because it forced you to write down everything to really think about the things that interested you not in a macro level not just in a macro level but to the point of you know what are the subjects that you like and why do you like them why do you like English or why do you like history or why do you like science you know I mean those to a micro level to where you I, I and this is where I kind of determined wow I really like to be very active you know I was editor of my yearbook and I, I remember running around you know because I went to every event and photograph anyway I loved that and when I was also doing that what covers your parachute book that's when it was like connecting that this is the kind of stuff I like this is what I want for my future and um, and so I think when it it broke it down into very very minute things to think about, it forced it was hard it was hard work, um, but I think that was one of the most valuable things that I've ever it's ever done for me uh, because yeah. you really forced you to think about what are those things that really excite you and like I said it might be something as small as do you like to get up in front of people and talk to them do you like to work with big groups or small groups do you like you know you know what I mean so it was very analytical and then it, I think it really helps people think about the things that really they find make their heart beat faster and yeah um and i do i do think that there's something special about that true 
intention of spending time to get to know you. Yes. And 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 with in the absence of the technology and all the things where now everybody goes and I, you know we're we're also guilty of it even though we didn't have this growing up is Google right yes. like where you could find the answers to all things mm-hmm. on the internet mm-hmm. is actually taking the time to find the answers within within yourself and not yeah. and not and not asking other people for their advice yeah. because you know you ask people what should I be uh, this or and what do people normally do they tell you what worked for them right or what they think right. that you want to hear yes they what you want to hear or what they think about you right right which could be limited because there's could be all kinds of parts of you that they're unaware of and so that's that that is the the danger of relying solely not right. saying it's right not good right at right you work to right. maybe ask right. questions right right but it's it's the that dependency on someone else's opinion that then drives your behavior. Right, right. right. So I would, rec- I mean, if I, that piece of advice, I would have people, you know, really understand yourself. And I think, frankly, that example of that book I just, I just said may not be a bad um, a tool to give to someone because it, it's not just a very general, well, I like to hang out with my friends or I like to shop. It's, it's much more micro than that. And painful because you really, but then you also start paying attention to the things that you find that, oh, wow, that really does interest me. Or I thought that did, but that really doesn't. Then to your point, then you start, you know, then seek out people who do that, um, that you're interested in. One thing, again, I was fortunate not to be afraid of, um, always go to the top. You know, if you're looking for a job or thinking about a career or thinking about um what you want your life to be like go to the don't go to the top of the you know go to the president of the company that you're wanting to 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 work at reach out to them reach out to the top people i can guarantee you that they're the ones that are going to respond to you more than the middle managers they won't Uh, i I mean i've had a lot of success with my career because i would just you know, reach out to the president of it. Straight to the source. Straight to the source. I went to, I I mean, yeah. I mean, you would be blown away by some of the people I met because nobody does that. And so they, you know, they're, you you know, position it as to, you know, hey, you know, I'd really like to work at, you know, Coca-Cola, Mr. President of Coca-Cola. So could I, you know, I'm young and I'm, you know, I really would like to work there one day. I know you don't have any jobs right now, but can I, you know, pick your brain for 10 or 15 minutes one day just to find out what can I do? You know, what should I, what skills should I have? What should I do? Every single time they'll be like, holy moly, nobody ever does this. And people talking about the things. Yeah. And they'll meet, they met with me for breakfast and all this sort of thing. Big wigs that, you know, people are like, how'd you meet this guy? Well, I reached out to him and this is the days before texting and email. I mean, I had to actually talk to the person on the phone. You had to send a mail letter. Yeah. Oh yeah. I said, you know, so I mean, (laughs) because the thing is at the end of the day, what are you going to lose? You know, what do you have to lose by reaching out to people? And they'll do it because they like people to find, you know. Well, and what's the worst thing that can what's happen? What's the worst thing that happen? Yell at me? Yeah, yeah. So um, and then you have that neat experience of meeting that person. And then they, there's connections. And, 
you know. And then courage becomes a habit. It becomes a habit. And you then you get a challenge of, ooh, let me see if I can get in touch with, you know, Bill Gates. I mean, not. Yeah. But you know what I mean? It's so, and then, okay, maybe not, but maybe you'll get in touch with, you know, his, you know, VP or, or whatever. Or X. You never know. You never- but you yeah, never know, you never right? know, you never know. And then you have funny stories to tell people, you know? It's, yeah. There was this one time when yeah. I tried to reach out to Bill Gates and this is what happened. I mean, yeah, exactly. And then you met somebody else who, oh, well, well I have a job here for, you know, I mean, so kinds of things. it's just, Amazing. yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I should write a book on how to find a job because pff, anyway, <laughs> well, a lot of people will probably read it because, you know, <laughs> it is, yeah. So, but well, you know, my last question for you, Pamela, is how people can reach out to you. Where do they find you? Okay, so I am. We have. I have an email address, of course, Pamela at yourcbdhaven.com. and then of course we're all over Instagram and Facebook. Your CBD Haven is our handle, and um, and then they can reach out to me, and I. And then, of course, our website is yourcbdhaven.com. Um, and then uh, on the website, there's a way to reach out to me, of course. And if you want to have a free consultation with any issues, you know, like I said, stress, I have patients, patients, customers who have uh, fibromyalgia, Parkinson's, you know, so I can sit and talk to them. And then if they want me to give them a, a recommendation of a product or what have you, then I will be happy to do that. And I have a protocol and all that good stuff. So, or if they just want to know about CBD, like to your earlier question, where can I go? That's a, a, a resource because I have a ton of resources. I mean, if you Google it, there's a million things that come up. But um, you have to, I mean, I have a lot of great resources to give people articles, clinical studies, things like that. Yeah. So some good. I'll be happy to share. Sound resources that'll get yes. you started in yes. the right direction. Yes. If you're really serious about exploring CBD and how it could work for you. Yes. And you might you might value from it, which is a, actually a quite quite a variety of things. Um, but this has been amazing. Oh, thank you so, so much. much for the opportunity to connect with you, get to know you, and for sharing your story. Oh well, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. I've really enjoyed it the only regret i have is that you live in vegas and <laughs> so far away so I know. But. but because i do travel oh. for all kinds of different reasons if i find my way in your atlanta area absolutely we definitely know. have to connect well thank you so much i really appreciate it i enjoyed every minute of it i thank love your you. show Pamela. you're awesome thank you you too see ya bye-bye Pamela Katz, entering the world of CBD and pain management with her own business after the age of 60. I gained so much from that conversation and I hope you did too. I wanna emphasize what Pamela pointed out as her last piece of advice, because I think it is so powerful, which is answering the question, what is important to you? Or put another way, what do you value? If there's anything that you take away from this episode, I ask you to reflect on that. And if it means writing it down, whether it's in your technology or on actual paper, I encourage you to do that. It's always a good gut check. What's important to you? 
Is what you're doing in life aligning with what's important to you? We have such limited time. Let's not waste it. Let us pursue the things that we enjoy, we love. And I just absolutely love that she talked about having fun. Whatever it is that you're doing, that you're getting aligned with, enjoying it is a big part of that. Who wants to spend their life working and not enjoying what it is that they're doing every day? So have fun with it. Have fun with it. And hey, if you are questioning how CBD can help you, you can reach out to Pamela. She is a certified expert in that topic. I do think there's a lot of misconceptions that need to be broken down. I think she was able to highlight a little bit of that in the episode today. And so hopefully you learned a little bit about that too. Uh, I too was a skeptic about that and I have tried some different things and definitely see the value because of what I learned and I've had, you know, previous guest, uh, Christina Shea has her own company and she's an expert and I, I've had her on the show and, uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's such, such information that is valuable if you find the right people. Remember that you are your only limit, so take action today. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to hit the subscribe or follow button if you haven't already and share this episode with someone who needs to hear it. If you haven't, also leave a rate and review. It would mean so much to me. See you next time.